Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Just for a couple more weeks, if not a month, I am going to be bringing you a series of messages on the pillars of our faith, the teachings of our faith. And I think, I think this is one of, if not the most important lessons that, that the scriptures teach us. The most important lessons, salvation. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. What I'm going to do with this, this study is I'm going to say, make some statements. And then fact checking, Bible checking. I'm going to then establish those, these statements with the scriptures. And I uh, hope you will enjoy this method. We're talking about salvation. Now, I figure, this is my mind. This isn't necessarily biblical at all. But I figure when they put Jesus up on the cross, Satan was dancing. He thought he had he had Jesus, the Son of God. And, and even when he was crucified, dead, and buried, again, he's just dancing. I don't necessarily mean he was in hell. That's something, an errant thing that we might, again, cover where he is. But he will spend eternity in hell. But not now. He's the God of this world, the God of the air, the scriptures speak. But I figure... When Jesus resurrected, he stopped dancing. He stopped, he, he stopped celebrating because God had, God had triumphed over Satan. And he always will. He will always triumph over Satan. God has a plan. He has a plan way back in the book of Genesis his plan was for Adam and Eve to live in the garden, but then Eve, with Adam, chose to sin. That changed everything. They had everything they could imagine to live with and to, to make it through and maybe even to live eternally until, until they were tempted with the one thing they couldn't have. That's just the way Satan works. And ever since then, uh, Romans especially covered last week, we saw that mankind sinned via Adam, Adam the original sin, sinner. And his sin, this original sin was passed down to us from the beginning. The penalty for being this original sinner having Adam's sin upon us, was to go to hell. There had to be another plan. And the plan of salvation was hatched up even way back, way back, I think it's, I th I think it's Genesis 3.15. The original plan was for Christ to be born, Christ to crush the head of, of Satan. And that's, what salvation did. It crushed the head of Satan. I'm going to make some statements and I'm going to back them up with scriptures. If you're fast, 
Some of the scriptures you'll have to look up. If you're slow, please catch every word. The meaning of salvation, it means to affect successfully the full delivery of someone, us, from sin. Or the full delivery of something from impending danger. And I think we are in impending danger as well. It's, it's just, it's inevitable. If Christ is going to act out his prophecies and his plan, there are some things that are inevitable. We talked about that two and three and four weeks ago. The very word of salvation has a twofold implication. Why do we need to be saved? I mean, aren't we pretty good without him? Aren't, aren't we good people? We don't hurt anybody. And that's why I wanted to start off with the why. Jeremiah chapter 17. I don't have it up here, Rodney. Whoever's back there. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's why we need, to, need salvation. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. We can't get to heaven on our own. And this again is when I, I, I say to you, please be careful trusting your own heart. I believe this generation has been, has been taught, follow your own heart, trust your own heart. No, don't. The next verse there is found, uh, verse 10, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, King James Version. I try the innards, the insides. I know what's inside you. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So again, we need to be saved because our hearts are desperately wicked. Even though we try so hard not to sin, we still do. There is no one righteous, no, not one. Even in thought in this world, it is so hard to keep from sinning. But when we do, as born-again Christians, we hit the knees and we confess it, we get back up, we get out of the pig pen and we go back again, go back to the Lord. That someone needs to be a Savior, we need that. That someone is able and willing to save. Such a Savior must fulfill both requirements, that he be willing to save and that he do the salvation. There's a story about a man. A man in 1978 in desperate need of a rare blood transfusion he died. It was, it was a needless death. He suffered terribly first and then died needlessly for one of his own relatives possessed the rare type of blood that could have easily saved him. But that relative stubbornly refused. Perhaps the greatest ability after all, is the availability. Christ is available to all of us. That's an amazing thing. Christ is available to all of us. So you think about all the religions out there that claim, that claim 
that they can save, he can save, she can save, whatever it might be. And I just want to say this to you, especially you that are smart and deeper uh, with the computer stuff and all. You can trace every religion back to a person or a thing. It, all, it wasn't before, and then it was. Somebody's idea. You can trace Jesus Christ all the way back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You can do that. I challenge you to do it. Someone has to be able and willing to save the source of this salvation Jesus Christ is the only source of salvation. He meets both of the requirements that is willing to save and is available to save. First, he's able to save. Hebrews 2.18, For in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted like us, he is able to help them that are tempted. Are you tempted very much? You get lots of temptations. Jesus was too. He overcame them by using the scripture. We can also overcome them. Ephesians 3.20 again. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Again, Jesus is that exceeding abundantly above all that we Ask or think. Wow. He's, he's, he's just so wonderful. It's so, he's so powerful. I got saved in 1975, and I was introduced to it, as I've already told you, in Mr. Morris's sixth grade Sunday school class. The seed was planted on faith. It takes faith. And it blossomed all those years from 1963 to 1975. Hebrews 7.25 Wherefore he is able also to save them, save us, to the uttermost, those that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is the source. Jude, verse 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. What a Savior. It is Jesus and Jesus only. He's able. He's also willing. God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved, He wills it that all men be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. He will keep His promises. But He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any of us should perish but that all should come to repentance. This is one of those key words where and there are some churches in our area that believe that when you're born, it's dest you are predestinated to go to hell or go to heaven. 
You're just predestined. You're chosen. They use some of those verses. That is one of those verses that that he is long-suffering to us. And he does, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Next we have the false hopes of salvation. The false hopes of salvation. Proverbs, 12, 4, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of the de- of, of of death, and I and I, I think of the pole sitters that didn't want to be tempted with anything, so they lived their entire life up on a pole. They didn't want to. They they just didn't want to sin. But what good did they do? I think of the cave dwellers during that period. People who would go into the caves and be completely separated from all the world and sin. But I wonder about the usefulness of it. There is a way which seems right unto a man. It seems right unto mankind, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And again, I think of those 1 Corinthians 13 where love, uh, whether you give your body to be burned... That's not love. That's, you can give your body to be burned, completely sacrifice yourself to the wrong thing. God wants usefulness out of us, not to give our bodies to be burned, not voluntarily at least. False hopes of salvation. First one is education. Education. Paul warns Timothy about the folly of depending too much on education. First Timothy chapter 6 says it this way, 620. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust and avoid profane, useless, and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Avoid it. Avoid it. And when they talk about babblings in those days, they had this thing where they would chant the same line over and over and over and over and over again. And the longer you chanted, the, the, the more you repeated, the more likely God would hear you was the teaching. I don't believe that at all. I think once you say something, God, hurt, God hears you. He knows your heart. He knows what you need. False hopes of salvation. It's not necessarily an education, although I hope and I would pray that you would, that you would spend time every day getting educated in the Word of God so you are able to hear the false things and know what's right and know what's wrong. I just have one thrown in here. Uh, false hopes of salvation. Well, I'm a church member. I'm a church member. There's probably a lot of people in hell right now that counted in their church membership. And many churches simply, you want to be a church member? Come on down. Will you promise to do all that you can do? Yes, you're a church member and they give you a certificate. No. 
It's not in certificates. It's not in necessarily in church membership. Now, let me say this. We're called of God to become church members, members of one body professing Christ and helping one another and helping the community. False hopes of salvation. Good works. Well, if I just do good things all the time, I'll I'll get to heaven. False hopes. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says it this way. For by grace are you saved. He gives the grace to save the sinner. We're sinners when we get saved. We don't have to clean up our act. We don't have to do good things to go to heaven. We simply have to, through faith, Ask Christ into our life and our heart. And through faith, he gives the grace for us to be be saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. Thank you, Mr. Morris. Through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, I did all this. I did that. I gave that. I did this. Well, wait a minute. It's not about us being able to earn heaven by doing good things. We do good things. We do, we do good works because we're saved. Not to get salvation. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So, again, it's not, it's not through necessarily through education. It's not through church membership or good works. It is not through baptism. I'd like to read to you, and I'd like for you to follow along. It's a long reading. I'd like for you to follow in your Bible from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. I believe that there's many people, many people in hell right now who got baptized somewhere, somehow, through history. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 11. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe. Somebody wrote him a letter and told him about, about what was going on. That there are contentions among you. Contentions aren't anything new. There's always be, been contentions among, among God's people. Now, this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul. Well, I'm of Apollos. Well, I'm of Cephas. Well, I'm of Christ. Has, is Christ divided, he says? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. Verse 16. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. So there's three families. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, 
It is the power of God. This passage of scripture is so contentious. In churches around our community, there are those about baptism that say you don't go to heaven without getting baptized. There, there are those that say, Bonnie and I just visited one yesterday at a viewing, and that church doesn't believe in any baptism at all. I believe we have the scriptural stand. Once you're saved, you need to be baptized, then you need to join the church. But it's a very, it's a very contentious thing. I, I want to go on to... I, I found something that some people say you go to heaven because you were confirmed. I was confirmed. At the age of 11 and 12, I, I went to confirmation class every Saturday for three hours, 9 to 12. I went because my parents made me. And we, as a matter of fact, even to this day, that's probably how I know the 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 Bible, or at least the books of the Bible. That was one of the criteria. You had to know the books of the Bible. But uh, I wasn't saved. I was a rascal. And all the, all, all the guys with me were rascals. Twelve years old, and that particular church, UCC, I think it was, they taught that, if, that you can't get to heaven unless you're confirmed confirmation class so again it's not in confirmation how about religious organizations the world council of churches we see it talked about in revelation chapter 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 17 the unified ecumenical religious movement the one world religion, Revelation 17, calls it the harlot, all will likewise suffer destruction during the tribulation period. The world council of churches. We're not part of that. That's a very liberal organization of very liberal churches loosely put together and they actually have a political influence and they are actually millions of people one of the largest religious institutions in the world. And according to Revelation 17, the Antichrist, the beast, will be ruling that someday and have everyone worshiping him. Well, I told you, last, told you last Wednesday how in North Korea, people are being put in prisons if they will not recant on their, on their belief of Christ being, being the Lord, and if they will not worship that leader, they go to prisons. They go, they go to torture camps until they will recant on Christ. Wow. There is a threefold method of salvation I want to speak to you about. While God has indeed dealt with his people under different dispensations, stages in history, the age of the law, post-law, etc., there are there is a threefold, threefold method. One, salvation is always by blood. 
Well, why is that? I don't know. No one knows. I don't question it. God said it. God said it. It was a method that they used in the Old Testament. And Jesus became the lamb that died. In the Old Testament, they took a lamb and they offered, they offered it on the sacrifice and the blood of that lamb every year at Passover. The blood was used to wash away your sins for a year. Then you had to come back, buy another lamb and stand in line. They used to say that on, on these days, Passover day, the blood would run a foot deep through Jerusalem. It was a bloody society. Only when we, got, when we get to Jesus' day, His blood didn't wash away your sins for a year. His blood washes away our sins for eternity. Salvation. Almost, I want to go back to Hebrews 9.22. And almost all things are by the law, purged with blood, Hebrews 9.22. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin and there is no heaven. If Jesus' blood is not applied to your heart to wash away your sins forever, then you don't go to heaven. You're not saved. The blood of Christ is shed on the cross for you and I. Furthermore, this blood must be innocent blood, shed and applied, and Jesus was innocent Threefold method, that salvation is always by blood too. That salvation is always through a person, always through a person. And I first of all bring you Acts 4.12. The Apostle Paul, neither is there salvation in any other. That's wrong, Luke wrote, Luke wrote Acts. Neither is there salvation in any other For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh my, that pretty much clears it up. There is no other religion. There is no other person to follow. There is no other kind of blood or lack of blood. What did it say? Neither is there salvation by any other For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's a verse here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God has appointed us to wrath. What did it say? No. For God has not appointed us to wrath. Some people use this verse to explain the uh, the tribulation. That's, That's why we won't go through the worst of it. For God has not appointed us to wrath. He has appointed us to obtain salvation by and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we had Hebrews 5, 9. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Hebrews 5, 9. And being made perfect, He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them 
that obey him. I have that one pastor friend I tell you about. He's got a church of about 20 people constantly, even in non-COVID times. When I run across him out in Walmart or uh, the restaurants or whatever, uh, how are things going? And he'll say, 126 got saved last month, last year. He's always, he's always counting the numbers and he's always, because his people get saved every month, every Sunday. He, they believe you can lose your salvation if you commit sin. You can lose it and you need to get saved again. So he's constantly got those kind of numbers. I don't fight with him or argue with him. I just smile. Eternal, eternal salvation we get. One more thing about salvation. It's always by grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Again, salvation is always by grace, not by works, not because you give a million dollars, not because you, you sacrifice your body Speaking of 1 Corinthians 13 again, we go on and on. The only thing that saves us is God, is Christ. It's not about how good we are. It's probably about how bad we are and how Christ saves us even though we're bad. I love the rest of that verse. Uh, I'd like to... I'd like to read it to you, Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. One more thing about salvation. Salvation is always by grace. Titus chapter 2, 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Jesus Christ died for all men. It's just not all men have applied the blood of Christ to their hearts. Not all men have accepted him as Lord and Savior. For by, no, for the grace of God brings salvation. It hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness, denying worldly lust, we should live soberly, sincerely, seriously. We should live righteously and godly in this present world and looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. From the message this morning, when he came back, he came back to a world where the, the citizens, many of them, said, we're not going to submit to him. We're not going to submit to him. We don't want him to reign over us. And at the end of that story, Jesus says, he, he comes back and bring to me everyone who refused, who refused for me to reign over them. Then he says something kind of shocking. Kill them. Kill them. From this morning's message, 
Luke chapter 19. He says, kill them. If they won't submit to me being their God, there's no room for them. And he's going to have them killed. At the judgment seat we talked about, at the white throne judgment, they will have been killed twice then, the second death. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. I love that. So that looking is ongoing. We need to be looking for looking forward to that, that great, great blessed hope. We may not be here tomorrow. If we aren't, we're not going to have any we're not going to have any more problems. Any, we're not going to have any. Uh, we're, we're not going to have any bills. We're going to be in heaven. Best I can tell, there's no bills to pay. Huh. So salvation is always by grace. This grace is preceded by the sinner's faith. The grace comes. And it's preceded by the, the sinner's faith. And this all comes to you from Romans chapter 5. If you want to follow along, I also have it up here. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, I'm sorry. Therefore, being justified by faith. Justified. Whenever you see the word justified, you have to remember it's got a very simple meaning just as if I'd never sinned. To be justified is to, is to be considered just as if you had never sinned, that you had never made a mistake. That's what justification is. It's part of our salvation. Without justification, we don't go to heaven. Therefore, being justified... There it is again, by faith, not by works. Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I talk about peace all the time. I want you to have it. I want you to have peace with God, peace with others, and peace with self. Pride is the problem with having peace with self. When you can't believe you have done something. You know you made a mistake. But you can't believe that you would commit that sin. But believe it. You're human. You're flawed. We make mistakes. To, be, to have peace with others. Usually pride is in the way. Jealousy is in the way. What is it that keeps you from loving who Jesus loves? Loving who Jesus loves. Now, if you're not a great lover, well, then, then let's just do it this way. You simply have to love whoever Jesus loves. That's a pretty good, simple rule. What's it say? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have to remember whenever we think about hope, it's futuristic. I hope, I hope whatever happened yesterday doesn't happen. 
uh-uh. Hope is about the future and to have faith and belief in the future. We pray all the time. We have these, these great prayer, prayer lists in the church, out of the church, at home. We all have these things. But immediately then we pray for something miraculous to happen. And immediately we act on it. Not giving God the opportunity to act on it. We do it ourselves. Part of prayer, of an effective prayer life, is to be patient. To be patient. And let God do His thing as well. By whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. What? We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience. There it is. To be patient with one another. Knowing that tribulation in our lives works patience. Verse 4, and patience worketh experience. And you've had that. If you've been around any at all, you understand how you've had hard times. And God got you through. You've had hard times. Multiply that times 10. Multiply that times 100 or 1,000. And the more you trust God to get you through, the more experience you have. Verse 4, and patience, experience, and experience, because he's gotten you through before, hope. Next verse, and hope makes not ashamed. Knowing what the future holds, no, we don't. There are some things that have got to happen. We know about them, the prophetic things that God says will happen. We talked about this morning. He's not slack concerning his promise. He will perform those things. But hope makes not ashamed because we're hoping in what God could do tomorrow. What can he do? We have to always have that hope and faith. In God, in all His power, in all His glory, in all His wisdom, in His presence, faith has a great deal to do with our hope. Hope maketh not ashamed. Verse 5 again, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. The Holy Ghost does not get much recognition and I'm not so sure he wants it. He's the power behind the scenes. He wants everything directed to Christ basically, but he's he's the source of all power. What's it say? Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed, sprinkled abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto you. Just one more verse proving this to you. I believed this way, this way, that way. I believed what any, almost any great writer or author or singer would, would say. It all sounded so good until that point when I received Christ. 
I decided to throw it all out. And I've never been ashamed. I've never regretted trusting completely in what the Word of God says. So, Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now, Revelation 4 talks about that's our greatest, we were created. The purpose of, our cre- of your life is supposed to be to bring Him pleasure, to please Him. If you have a question about something, should I do this or not do it? Do the thing that pleases Him. If you have a question about something that's a little shady, don't do anything that doesn't please Him. That brings displeasure to him. What a way to live. And God would reward you mightily if you could live that way. But without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And I want to add this. He that comes to God must believe that he is God. That he's the all-powerful one, omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, watch this, diligently seek him. Salvation. You know in your hearts your salvation. You know in your hearts, yay or nay. If you were to die today, you probably have it figured out and trust in God to keep His promise to take you to heaven. But there are so many Christians, and it almost makes me sick, people that call themselves Christians, that should they die today, they may not go to heaven. And I'm embarrassed to say that, nor am I trying to cause you to question your salvation. But it is the single most important important thing in our lives to just know, to know that you know that you know. I've written these things unto you who believe in the Son of God, that you may know you have everlasting life. 1 John 5, 13. That kind of settled some doctrinal questions for me too. Would you bow your heads with me? And would you join me in praying maybe for some of our loved ones and friends who just may not be truly saved? Once truly saved, always saved. Let's let's pray for them for a moment. Silent prayer. Silent prayer for the lost. Or silent prayer for those that just might be lost. Take a moment to mention their names to God on your behalf. Lord Jesus Christ, we lift these names and these people these family, these loved ones to you, asking you, Lord, 
asking you, Lord, to please don't give up on them. Bring them out of their pig pen. Wake them up, Lord. And if it be through us, wake them up. Lord, we pray for them. And there are those maybe within the sound of my voice at home. Lord, they don't know for sure they're saved. They question it all the time. Maybe because of just the stinking thinking they have all the time. Let today, tonight, be the night they once and for all finally commit their life to you. Right now, wherever they're at. Lord, I not just ask you into my heart, I want to commit my life to you. Help me, Lord, with my repentance. Lord, cleanse my life. Help me to cleanse my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.